Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Future Work. This show is dedicated to all things related to the future of work and showcases the very best minds who are shaping the modern workplace. This episode is brought to you by Haya. Haya are a full-stack talent consultancy who partner with startups to creatively solve their most pressing talent acquisition challenges. From optimizing employer brand and candidate engagement, to delivering timely and actionable market intelligence, to proactively sourcing passive talent, Haya help to augment the recruiting performance of a startup and deliver immediate impact. Visit gohaya.com to learn more. I'm Jonathan Millard, and today I'm joined by Galinda Bobak, uh, VP of People at Scandip. Hi, Galinda. Welcome. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for inviting me. For those who don't know you or Scandip, Galinda, could you tell us a bit about yourself and how you made your way into the world of people leadership? Right. So I'm, uh, I'm originally a psychologist from Vienna. I'm not directly from Vienna. I'm a country girl, but uh, I, uh, I studied in Vienna and then uh, went out into the, into the wide, wonderful world of, of, uh, of HR completely by accident. Nice. Um, I was just looking for a job. Um, HR seemed interesting. And, um, and it was, it turned out to be super interesting. Um, and I was lucky enough to work for some really, really interesting companies at fantastic times. Um, Compaq during the time of the merger with HP. Um, and, uh, and then KPMG, as it was sort of uh, digitizing and, um, you know, one of the first companies to um, to create online performance management. American Express, obviously the place where I spent most of my time. To e-travel as it was um, reimagining itself and its place of work um, in, in, the, in the 2013 to 2015 space. And then finally, um, you know, through um, IP Group, um, a, a VC in, in, in London, an early stage tech investor, to um, now the best place of all, Scandit. Yeah, well, quite quite a, a, a transition across all of those companies, really. And then how is the, what are the most notable differences, would you say, being in a scale-up like Scandit to, to some of the previous organizations you've worked with? The, the main thing it's taught me is that everything is different and you have to continue to learn and, and, and be open-minded and, 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 you know, respect the environment that you're in. Um, so um, I think I've, I've learned through a lot of... Um, um, falling on the nose and um, and, and making mistakes, um, and the big difference I think um, I would say between um, you know a big organization like American Express and and a, you know a growing organization like Scandit is, Amex has it all laid out, um, so it has a a wonderful you know 160 year old culture. Um, that is maintained by a lot of processes that are in place and are working super well. So as an HR person, you don't really have a lot of leeway to create and do things different. Yeah. Um, whereas here you invent your way every day um, and, uh, and, and, you know, you have to be super nimble to, you know, look at all these processes and all these approaches that are out there um, and adapt them to, what is needed here right now in this moment. That's really interesting. I've never heard, I, th- I think we, we tend to relate culture to startups, to scale-ups as something that is created, well, not on the fly, but it's something that grows out of that genesis of a business. And it's really interesting to hear such a, a long-standing culture and, and, and really something that sounds like it's intact or relatively intact or consistent with what it's always been um would you say it's more about maintenance of culture in an organization like um like amex 
think culture is always kind of the essence of who you are. And that essence of who you are doesn't really change that much. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a really nice video by Simon Sinek, one of my, my all-time favorites, um, that, you know, you, you are, there is just one you, you right? So yeah. you are who you are. And I think it's the same with a company. A company is who it is. Um, and there is probably some sort of conscious design at the beginning of it, but it's, it's, it, it exists for a purpose. Um, and it, it continues to remain, the good companies continue to remain true to that purpose, but they find different ways of communicating that through the centuries in the case of Amex. We, we, we'll touch on culture in more detail because mm. um, something I've, I've long admired or, or certainly in the year I've known you has been Scandit's culture. So I'd like to uh, look under the hood of that later on. Um, mm -hmm. But let's start with pressing events of the past month um, and, and obviously COVID-19 crisis, we, we can't escape that. How has the business adapted to, to a, a challenge like that? And what have been the main challenges that you've encountered? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've been, I've been really impressed with, with Scanlet's response. I mean, the team in general has just been amazing. Um, and, you know, we've, we've um, very, very quickly um, established what we call a tiger team. Uh, we have we have tiger teams for important tasks, um, and uh, and that tiger team was tasked with keeping an eye on the crisis. And and literally on the first day we came together on our first meeting, <clears throat> we made the decision to send everybody home and close our offices, um, to ensure the safety of our of, of our team across the globe. And it it was just amazing to me, you know the 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 level of trust that came through in in that decision and in how it was followed through. You know, the fact that, you know, from uh, at the drop of a hat from one day to the next, you know, 200 people globally changed how they were working from one day to the next. Yeah. Um, and it just, you know, it, it, it just, as I said, it's, it's an incredible statement of trust from the team in leadership and vice versa to make that happen. And what has super impressed me was within a week, people have come together. There, there was a Slack channel created on day one, Slack channel created to crowdsource how our customers are doing, dealing with the situation. Mm. Um, so rather than going out and bombarding customers with our business continuity plans, as many have done, we sort of stepped back and said, okay, right, what do customers actually really need right now? And then within a week, um, the team had identified, created and launched two apps to, um, to meet you know urgent needs on the yeah. front line you know one for healthcare one for last mile delivery and we've uh, we've put those out free of charge um and um I, I don't actually know what sort of the response has been but i would imagine that you know a lot of people have taken that up uh, quite gratefully but that was it was really impressive i think i think yeah. you know the that nimbleness um and as i say that 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 flexibility and trust in the organization has just been impressive well that's the thing it's it's and 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 it's part of the reason for starting this channel because because mm. oftentimes i look on from an outsider looking in and you think how do they do that like how can you orchestrate hundreds of people to solve some very specific problems and make it look so effortless so um you know I've, I've, I've voiced this to you before, but but it's mm. the efficiency and how well run Scandia is, and and I think it'd be really nice to dig deeper into like what 
makes it so well run and where do you even start so if i was looking at this and i'm an early stage starter or if i was looking mm. at this and and um you know i'm looking to transform my people operations um, i'm looking to uh, to make an organization more nimble more resilient to, to respond to future events um with the same apparent ease that, that you guys have so where, where do you start You'd have to ask our founders that. I think I, I wasn't I wasn't around um, in the first nine years of our existence. Um, so so reading history and sort of hearing the stories that are being told, um, I think what is is apparent to me is that if from the start there was a very strong focus on making things work. Yeah. So you know we don't just throw things at a wall and see if it sticks. We we have there's almost this scientific approach this work method of coming up with what's the issue, understanding the issue, coming up with hypotheses to solve the issue, and then building the solution around that. So there's a very, very rigorous process in, in, in how we approach problem solving. Um, and, and I think that is, is standing us in good stead because we're, we're, you know, we're, we don't have a lot of I mean, we do have processes that are outdated and, and you know anybody does and we will look at them and we will revise them um but we don't have a lot of processes just for process sake yeah we we think things through um as, as simple as that sounds but i think that is that is really the magic do you, do you think there's um so what's is there a, is there a trade-off or is there a link between the communication and, and I guess the pace of communication or just the, the openness um, between different teams and that efficiency and the and Scandit's approach to problem solving. Is there mm. a correlation there? Absolutely. I think, I think communication has been, and especially in this, in this crisis as well, has been super important. Uh, we're, we're very open and transparent with our people. Um, we have um, very regular um, global calls where and it, it, it's one of the challenges that people are, are finding is that if it's, it's becoming more and more difficult to speak up when you're on a call with 200 people. Um, but we do encourage that communication and try to create environments where people can just talk to each other on whatever subject, uh, you know, informal chats, etc. cetera. Um, and I think, you know, you said earlier that the, the culture, um, my, my impression is that the culture was strong before the crisis came around. Um, and so we're 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 um, we're feeding off of that glue that has has been established before it happened. Um, that, yeah, well, yeah, I've, 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 yeah. Maybe 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 shouldn't come <laughs> like there were some people I've spoken with, and and I think that glue is absent um, going into this thing, and I think it really shows cracks in certain organisations, but it also highlights strengths of others, and 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 again, I think you guys are the latter it's really shown your strengths um and, and that that bond across that team um how has the organization changed or or, or in in terms of that maintaining that efficiency is it dunbar's law uh the 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 rule where you can probably get to about 100 people before mm. the makeup of that organization or the the ability to know the intricacies of what everyone's doing like changes mm. have you noticed any changes at certain milestones in in the company's growth 
Um, I, I was I was kind of watching anxiously as we crossed the 150 people mark because I think that's kind of where where uh, you know some of the uh, literature says that's where yeah. the, or, the 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 organization changes and you stop knowing everyone and you stop you know you, you don't recognize faces anymore because it's just too vast um, and and yes we've noticed that a little bit but um, we haven't seen fingers crossed so far and that's one of my my you know um, eternal worries that that essence and that glue does not change um, the, the the team spirit um, is 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 still very much there now if, if I wonder if, if we if you talk to someone who joined Scandit in the very early days you know pre-series one um, who was sort of one of the scanosaurs as we call them um, they would probably have a different view on that because I think it was very different when it was a team of 10, 15 people to, you know, a team of 220 people. Um, but, you know, cultures grow and they evolve and adapt. We, we um, I think it's clear that we, we spoke about that glue that bonds everything together um, mm -hmm. through good times, through bad times and, and, that is culture, right? I think that's 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 that uh, yeah unifying bond. Um, how would you define culture? Everyone seems to have a, a different definition of it, and uh, I'm just wondering, yeah, what what's your uh, worldview on on culture and, and its definition? Right. So, I mean, my 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 simple answer is, um, you know, culture is what people do when no one's looking. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure I, like I stole that. that from someone, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but it's, it's, it's basically, it's that, it's that self-understanding that this is what's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and on a more scientific level, one of my, my sort of preferred go-to uh, definitions is, is Shine, who says that, um, you know, culture is the, the learned adaptation, and I'm paraphrasing, not sort of exact definition, but sort of the, the learned adaptation of a group with its external internal challenges. Um, and it works well enough that people um, take that as gospel and communicate it to new members of the group as the right way to do things. And, and the reason I like that definition is because it has so much in it. So it's, it's kind of, it's an adaptation with, of, with, to challenges, a res response to challenges. It's not, it's not a one true thing. There's no such thing as a true and correct culture. Um, and it's, it's, it's well enough. So every culture will have its flaws. So, so there's kind of my, my, my sort of my two definitions. Sorry, go on with your questions there. I'm getting no, lost. Does it, um, not all, I, I really like those definitions. I think that one people say about you or, or what people say about you, how people act well, let's say about you when, when you're not in the room is, yeah, I, I, I like both definitions. I think that's the one that first comes up in, into my head. Um, because yeah, when, no, when nobody's looking, how do people respond? How do they behave? Do, do you think that culture then, from what you've seen at Scandit and, and then the previous organizations, has it manifested organically? Uh, or is it a combination of those, um, maybe there's certain parts that are codified or deliberately injected or just come from the founders, um, from their psychology, from their uh, behaviors and their principles? How, how do you see it evolving over time? Mm. I think, you know, to your point, is it, is it organic? I think, I think it's incredibly hard to create a culture from scratch. Um, 
so there's 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 always a huge element of organic driven by the the people who seem to or happen to be together in that boat in that initial boat together um and so the the origins have to be organic um in a lot of ways um but i also think that um you know very likely you know knowing our founders they probably sat down very early on and said what kind of company do we want to be yeah um and therefore how do we reinforce the things that we want to see um and and you know sort of manage the things that we don't want to see because it's it's almost impossible by accident to arrive at a culture such as ours yeah. um it would be a very happy coincidence or, or <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, I think I mentioned there's, there's a, a book primal branding so this is nothing to do with branding or, or, or marketing here but but they talk about these seven pillars um, mm -hmm. that, that really you know you think like a coca-cola yes you've got the the icons the logo and everything but you've also got certain keywords or, or rituals that they they perform and, and i think i can't remember what the, all the seven are but but it, it's that consistency and reinforcement over time of principles behaviors um you know the, the scanner swords the the the, the 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 rituals the keywords like and and for me it's that completeness that i see that are there and they're ever present across the different teams that, that I speak with at Scandit and, and it, it's really nice to see. So you're right, like I think that would be a, a very, very uh, <laughs> great, like completely accidental outcome. Um, mm. But but I'm sure it, it, it's, it's a bit of both that's evolving at its own, it's got its own life now as well, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I think, you know, to, to your point, I mean, sort of about sort of the, the connection between culture and branding. Um, so one of the lessons I learned from, from American Express, which was, you know, it still is one of the most valuable brands in the world, is that the, the, the importance of decision-making in line with your culture. Um, you know, the, 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 the way Amex defines customer intimacy, and I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't recall what the value was called anymore, but, um, it is sort of you know we we sort of always do the right thing by the customer uh, whether or not it costs us a lot of money so you know big important decisions in in terms of crises for example weren't taken necessarily only with money in mind but with the customer's well-being in mind and i think that sort of thing if you if you start making decisions that are not in line with your with your brand not in line with your culture your customers will will call you out and they will resent you for doing that because you you know people rely on that on that external brand that's really um so yeah I, I, it's that intimate connection between culture customer centricity and those deep principles that then define your culture might mm. be, a, be a nice venn diagram i'm going to um i don't know if you you can hear i'm just my, my boy is screaming, so uh, in, in between <laughs> questions, I'll, I'll be meeting Kalinda. Sorry about that. Um, how how has um, how do you think culture will change? Like post COVID, does it change? Does it need to, or or, or is it is it something that uh, it, it's that beating heart that regardless of the circumstances and the environment, it's still going to remain. I think the who we are will stay and, and I and I 
I absolutely think that this is the, the essence that we have to preserve, that, that who we are, who we stand for. But the way we create that experience will likely change. Um, so the way we create team spirits um, and reinforce team spirits, the, the way we, you know, having fun is one of our, our um, essences. And it's about sort of, you know, not, not taking ourselves too seriously, but taking work really serious. Um, those, those, those things will have to change because if, if we can't be in the same room together in close proximity most of the time, um, we can't see how each other are acting. So we have to find different ways of communicating um, that essence. Um, but the essence itself, dare I say, must stay the same. Do you, have you got any examples of the things to keep those bonds, uh, to keep people... Um... You know, just the little things, isn't it? The, 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 the conversations when you're walking across the office with somebody, like those cues. Um, how, how, do you, how have you maintained them so far? Have there been anything that you've set up to keep those conversations alive? Um, we've, we've, we've tried to, as much as possible, replace those accidental interactions online, but it's really, really hard. You know, you, you don't accidentally bump into someone. <laughs> Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you don't see people smiling on Zoom. Well, you do see people smiling on Zoom, but you don't see them smiling on Slack or on the email exchange. Mm -hmm. So that that is incredibly hard, and that is still something that um, we're, we're 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 grappling with how to do that better. Um, yeah. Made me think of that guy with the pre-recorded uh, <laughs> Zoom background, just nodding along and smiling, and he was God knows where. Yeah, <laughs> these these things can be gamed as well. Um, yeah. um, so, I, I think it would be nice to talk about. This is a little bit of a quick fire round. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we've we've all, I think tried i think those of us uh like like ourselves with with kids perhaps um our, our time we, we we can't have dedicated as much time to to learning new skills or, or so on but i think we've all tried to to probably come out of this as stronger people uh, mm. dur during this lockdown period is, is there anything that you've been um any skills or habits or even reflections that you've made during this time um I think sort of um, reflections. I mean, habits on a personal level. I've I've started um, an online yoga practice almost daily. Oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've never had a you know the the opportunity or the will to to continue with that previously. But uh, but sort of that's something that I found is is helping me keep myself in a bit of a rhythm. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's one of the the biggest challenges that I'm hearing from people is sort of that you know work is starting to bleed into life uh, a lot more than it has ever done before um, and and people are losing those boundaries between what's work and what's not work um, and i think you know having some kind of daily routine is becoming more and more important um, you know keeping yourself on task and on track uh, without sacrificing every hour in the day is um is, is a challenge well, that's that's yeah, and I, and I and I think this is probably not related to to to, to scand it or what you do now, but just more from your background as as a psychologist. Like, how do you um, 
how, how do you keep that focus whilst also remaining well? Uh, and, 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 and I think it's that trade-off sometimes between working really hard and being so mm-hmm. committed to a goal, but actually making sure that you are taking your foot off the gas sometimes to, 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 to re, uh, what's the word, decompress and rejuvenate. Do, do you have any tips on that? Absolutely. I think, I think um, one important thing to realize is that you may feel like you're not as productive as you used to be in the office. Um, but that does not necessarily mean that you actually are less productive. So there's sort of that, you know, we, we kind of take our social cues from the people around us. And if the social, easiest, easiest example, simplest example, if, you, if you're in an office where everybody works until 10 p.m., mm. you're going to work until 10 p.m. Yeah. It's just, you know, you kind of follow the social cues of what is the standard and the norm. Those social cues have fallen away. Um, so you don't, you don't see people smiling across the, the desk anymore. You don't get high fives incidentally anymore. And so with the absence of that instant virtual, that instant live feedback, people start to feel like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I still on the right track? Um, am I productive? And they don't have those proof points. So, you know, kind of keeping track of what you do in a day. I think I saw in one of the um, um, many papers that I've read in the last couple of weeks about working from home, is sort of just keep a, keep a journal or just keep a, a task list that you, that you check off to see that you've done something, you've accomplished stuff. Yeah. Um, is, is super important just to make yourself realize how much you've actually done without realizing it. That, the, the, the point of those office cues uh, and, and the absence of them is really important. I remember in the past being in a culture that was, yeah, if you leave on time or have to leave around about on time, there was a few raised eyebrows. Um, and, and I think, yeah, the, the absence of that I get the feeling people, particularly maybe in sales driven roles or um, actually it's probably any role now where we're all 24 seven, the potential to be plugged in, but maybe there's some growing anxiety around that where I think with uncertainty around jobs and so on, people might be starting Mm. to think I need to, I don't know. I'm sure there'll be a whole bunch of products uh, spinning up to, to, to kind of merge those online and offline worlds and, and, reintroduce those cues even if we are in extended periods of working from home mm-hmm. um you, you you've probably answered this in, in that question but as well as um yeah your new yoga practice in terms of reading like or, or, or learning is there anything that you've been um taking the time to read or, or, or learn about <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I love American late night talk shows. I know this ah. is sort of not the uh, professional answer, but sort of these, you know, it's just amazing to me how, you know, people like Stephen Colbert and Trevor Noah and Seth Meyers, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, they've kind of transitioned into broadcasting from home. Um, and and <clears throat> they're wonderful products. I, I, I love, you know, every, on, on, you know, over breakfast in the morning, I watch clips on YouTube from the last night show and I find them hugely entertaining you know intellectually challenging and informative and yeah it's a it's a it's a nice example of how life continues um even though the world has changed yeah well what's next for Scandit in in 2020 and beyond 
Mm. Um, so we are I, I meant, back. Sorry, I meant to ask that before we went into the quick fire, but I thought that's really important. <laughs> <laughs> so for for we we've got challenging growth targets uh we have had and uh, and continue to have challenging growth targets um i think we have a, a business that is very relevant to the new world um and to the environment uh in terms of you know transforming how people interact with uh, with data um you know electronic data capture on the go um with your own personal mobile device, uh, that that is just going to be there's just going to be more and more need for that. You know, touchless um, data capture um, is 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 the new world. Um, so um, we are looking forward to a lot of very positive growth and um, and and building that company to to be a unicorn someday. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's incredibly relevant um, and, and impressive. So, yeah, anyone who hasn't come across Scandit before, go, go, go check them out, which leads me to my last question. Where can people find out more about uh, you, about Scandit, um, and about what, what you guys are building? Well, I, I just invite everyone to follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook. Check out our website. Um, we have a lot of fantastic videos. Um, and um, yeah, they're they're fun to watch. And um, yeah, check us out. I'll, I'll put the links in the description so everyone can 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 go and have a look. But Galinda, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, and and um, really excited to see what's coming next at Scandit. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Galinda. Take care. Take care. Bye. 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 So a huge thank you to Galinda Bobak, their VP of People at Scandit. If you'd like to learn more about Scandit, head over to their website at scandit.com, where you can learn all about how they are pioneering computer vision for the modern workplace. You can find a link in the description. Thank you to all of those for listening to Future Work, and I do hope that you tune in for the next one.